Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome to this week's episode of The Fade Route with D and Z. I am D, and I'm happy to be broadcasting our 100th episode. Woo! Tonight, we are going to be discussing NBA Summer League, the MLB All-Star Game, and the newest player to hit the trade block. But we'll begin today's show with a big NL East battle. Big series finished up today in Atlanta with the first place Mets taking Two out of three from the second place Braves. The teams are separated by two and a half games now. At one point, Atlanta was 10 games back at the Mets. How important were these games in Atlanta, Z? Well, first and foremost, happy 100th. <laughs> and thank you to everybody that has been on this journey with us from day one, the little engine that could. Are these big games, how important are these games? In the grand scheme of things, in terms of the division, they are very important because they are critical to your success. Now, the Mets have certainly been up and down where you had a 10-game lead. Now that's whittled down to two and a half games. Granted, Atlanta has been equatorially hot until recently, until this past series where the Mets took two out of three, but they're close. It underscores how close these teams are in this in construction, in play, and overall, this is going to be a very evenly matched, well-contended series. And going forward, We'll see what happens with the August 2nd trade deadline. Who does what where? The Mets want to upgrade at DH. I know that Nelson Cruz is being looked at. The, the Braves, if Ozzie Albies is, is out for a foreseeable period of time, if it's longer than they think, they're going to need to upgrade because Eddie Rosario's not there. Robinson Cano is not there. They went and got Robinson Cano. Joe Rush, where are you? They got him out of El Paso. So... It's a good benchmark for where they are. The Braves need to work on their starting pitching. Freed was decent. Charlie Morton is Charlie Morton. Like he's an old Charlie Morton. The Mets, their rotation looks solid. These are two flawed baseball teams, and I am excited to see where they go from here. Yeah, I mean, I really thought the series was important for the Mets. I think they needed to go down to Atlanta, take the Braves' face, and rub it in the dirt and let them know that even though the Braves won the World Series last year, the Mets were the top dog in the division. They won the Scherzer game, which was vital. And with 12 games left against each other, we know the division is going to be decided 
in these matchups. Absolutely. Uh, I, unlike you, I was very excited to see Robinson Cano. Oh my and god. He actually got like two hits, which is awesome. Come on, um, man. He's a big dude. Uh, you know, they need the second base help. Um, but as a Braves fan, I didn't feel bad about how it went. I thought it was fine. I like that we did score on Scherzer late. We showed, you know, he did strike out, I think, what, seven, eight, or nine guys. But we stayed with it. We scored on him late. We wanted to lose in the game. Despite Freed being erratic, we were still able to stay in the game. He walked, I think, five people. Um, he, he was having location issues. But we didn't let that knock us out of the game. So I thought that was important. Um, Olsen hit two home runs in the series, which was very important because he he hasn't been hitting home runs. He's only got, I think, 13 or 14 going into the break. This is supposed to be our home run hitter. So it was important for him to hit two bombs. I think he hit one today. Uh, and then he also hit one off of Peterson. So, uh, you, know, I, you know, we talked about this in the production meeting. I mean, these, you know, there's 162 of these games. They play each other like 19 times. They got 12 games left or 13 games left against each other. The series is going to, you know, the, the who wins the division is going to come down between these two teams. But uh, I thought it was very important for the Mets, and they showed their, their top dog. Well, it's important to put some of the, the power in context for the Braves because the two home runs that they hit today, two out of the three home runs today, were in garbage time. So the, the Mets had it fully. But did they go over hit. the fence? They I did. mean, that's the most important to me. Did they go over the fence? They did go over the fence. They absolutely went over the fence. But you know what? Mike Cameron and Carlos Beltran were the kings of garbage time home runs. <laughs> As a Met fan, I can tell you this. Like, Mike Cameron earned a very nice contract from garbage time home runs. So you need to, if you are the Braves, your clutch hitting needs to improve. Like Adam Duvall eh, strikes, out, strikes a out a ton. You know, Acuna, 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 bad play, bad play. Uh, really cost the error in one of the games. Mm-hmm. Um, he got a bad jump today. Got caught stealing. Yeah, yeah you know, these are this is top the time. NL voter getter though for the AL for the NL That is true. I mean, Ronald Acuna is a great player, and I love the kid Jackson. Yeah, uh, he's he looks legit. Harris is pretty good. The center fielder, he seems to be pretty good. They're, no, not, miss, they're, Harris. they're Harris. not missing Ender and Ciarte at all. No. And, no. you know, it's addition by subtraction at this point. Um, Riley's arrived. Riley, surprising all-star snub. He's playing very well. Big they're, dude. He got a lot of big dudes, man. Olsen's a big dude. Riley's a big dude. There's some big dudes on that team. And you're not missing Freeman as much as you would think you'd yeah. miss Freeman. So, you know... What do you what do you see for the Braves? I and mean, you're the resident Braves fan. I'm the resident Met fan. August second is right around the corner. Like, what do they need? Who should they target? Yeah, I mean, for me, it'd be pitching. I'd like them to go and get another solid starter, another reliever. Um, I'm not worried about the offense. I know you were saying your concerns, but I think if since- Albies is out for a while, you have to, you know, because Rosario is. I'm, I'm okay with Robinson Cano, man. Oh my I'm god, okay with Robinson Cano. I think since this, since in in the in the Braves' last 
35 games or 34 games, they are like 29 and four. Mm. I mean, tw- like you know, like the, they they've been just they've been just lighting it up. Like they're they're playing. Or tw- I'm sorry, they're 20. They're 29 and nine or something like that. Some crazy number in like their last 40 games. Like they've really turned it up. So I'm I'm not concerned. I, I know we can. I'm not worried about the division. The Phillies seem to be out of it. Schwarber is all the Phillies really have. Soto's all the Nationals have. It's just going to come down to the Mets and the Braves. So as long as we're within, I don't know, four or five games in September, it's fine. I mean, as far as the Mets go, bullpen is definitely something that needs to be addressed. Seth Lugo does not look like himself. I like Seth Lugo. He's he's better than he's been shown on his fastball. He's okay. He's he's not the Seth Lugo he used to be. And when he was that Seth Lugo, he was the most dominant reliever in the National League East. So he has the potential, but he's also still playing with that torn UCL, the one that claimed Matt Harvey, the one that claimed. Uh, Masahiro Tanaka. So, is that is this an injury issue or is it just he doesn't have the zip on his fastball that he used to? Is his curveball not breaking the way it used to? Drew Smith, he's up and down. I like Drew Smith. He gets a lot of holds. Solid. He's solid. Holderman is pretty good. They ju- they cut loose Chase and Shreve. They can use another lefty out of the bullpen. You're looking at Jolie Rodriguez is the only lefty in the pen. Okay. You call up call up the Tigers. Like you were looking into Andrew Chafin, like maybe get Andrew Chafin. He's like the left-handed Rod Beck. It's like awesome. But he's got the, he's got the freaking the Fu Manchu. He's got the whole flowing locks. Guys, you know, or call the Angels. Go get Aaron Loop back. Aaron Loop had a historic season and parlayed that into a nice payday. Unfortunately, he came crashing down the earth, as many people do when they go to Anaheim. That's right. Anaheim, not LA. I'm gonna say this till I'm blue in the face. But as far as DH and if that should be a priority, I would probably get a first baseman. And oh, you mean you're not happy with Dom Smith? I Dom Smith, it's he's an okay platoon player. I think you need more of a permanent presence in the lineup. JD Davis, another guy, a perennial trade candidate. Now, he can't play third, but he's established the fact that he's a mediocre, at best, third baseman. So, you know... Where's Escobar? Escobar is there. He's pretty... You know, he isn't hitting the way you'd want him to hit, but solid defensively. He's got a little bit of pop in his game. He's coming around a little bit, and... I, I like what he brings to the team. He's a switch hitter. That definitely make, makes things a little bit better, too, because the problem with this, you know, this current alignment is you have, you have Dom, you have JD. You're now kind of maneuvering and you're kind of burning bench players because you have to play the matchups a little bit. And that kind of, you know... Are the Mets as good as their record says they are? I would say that as presently constituted, it is a little bit of fool's gold. They definitely need DeGrom. Some reasonable facsimile of Jason of Jacob DeGrom. Will they probably need another starter? Yeah, because at this point, Jacob DeGrom has not pitched a full year in like three years. <laughs> so like I love Jacob DeGrom. They need more pitching. They need another reliever. They probably can use a catcher if you're not gonna bring up Francisco Alvarez. See, kick the tires on Wilson Contreras. Kick him. Kick him. Kick the tires on Wilson Contreras. 
That's all. I'm not saying you make the deal. If they want Brett Beatty, Francisco Alvarez, and, you know, Pete Alonso's two home run derby trophies, tell them to kick rocks. But if it's within reason, why not? What's the worst they could... Oh, wait. Never mind. This is the Cubs. This is the Cubs. You gave away Pete, Ar- Pete Crow Armstrong for half of your hobby Baez. So they know more than you do. For all the grill masters, green thumbers, home repair heroes, and DIY aficionados in the Richmond, Virginia area, if you're looking for a personal service, quality products, and a convenient shopping experience, look no further than Thacker Ace Hardware in Colonial Heights, Virginia. Owner Don Rackley and his team of local experts have everything you need to tackle all of your home projects. I'm talking paints by Benjamin Moore and Clark in Kensington, power tools by Craftsman and Milwaukee, electrical, plumbing, hardware, and let's not miss the grill. Weber, Big Green Egg, Traeger, Blackstone, top shelf, amazing. And for all you green thumbers, their nursery department is fantastic. Give them a call today, 804-766-4223, or stop by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. That's 804-766-4223, or Swing by 27 Dunlop Village in Colonial Heights. Thacker Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. Well, we talked about it earlier. Uh, the MLB All-Star teams are set. The exhibition will take place on Tuesday next week. Players like Dylan Cease, Freddie Freeman, and Austin Riley were not selected. Which players were the biggest snubs this year in Europe? Well, we're going to start with Kevin Gosman, Blue Jays. You're looking at 286 ERA, 100 strikeouts, 88 innings. Like that's, you know, that's a pretty, a pretty good season to not make the All-Star team. And, you know, see, as you mentioned, Michael King. Michael King for the Yankees coming out of that bullpen. He's been surprisingly solid. So... He's got like a ridiculously low ERA. He has a 2-3-3. Yeah, a 2-3-3 ERA for a guy that's been used as much as he's been used by Aaron Boone. Like, that is a good one. And if you're looking for a bat, I mean, you talked about Freeman, you talked about Riley. Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury has 18 home runs. How the hell, you know, Brandon Drury, you don't really, you, you don't think of him as like a great player. You don't even think of him as a good player. Do you, do you, I don't think of him at all. Uh, you know, like you said Drury, I thought Chris. Chris, that's yeah. what I thought too. You know, pride of Trumbull, Connecticut. But, you know, it's very interesting to me that, you know, this may be the great American ballpark factor. Just because he plays in such a band box, you could, we could probably throw the ball left-handed over the fence. Either one of us is lefty. So, how about the Yankees blowing that uh that 3-0 lead they had against the Reds. Mm. For, for, uh, 49-0 when leading going into the ninth inning. Bam! Reds 0-48. When, when, and they're <laughs> actively trying to tear it down? Yeah, I mean, Clay Holmes, he's been so good this year. You can afford, You can kind of say, okay. Yeah. What, what you best. cannot do, what you cannot do is bring in a role as Chapman in the sixth inning and have him shit the bed in Fenway. Shit. Shit, you just absolutely shit. Can't do it. Three hitter, you know, I have three batters, I blocked them. <laughs> so for me, uh, my biggest snub was uh, Dylan Cease. I mean, the guy's 
strikeout rate is 34.3%, which is second best in the league. He's 8-4 with a 2.3 ERA. We spoke about in the production meeting. Garrett Cole got in with an 8-2 record in the 3 ERA. I, you know, fans get this wrong. Coaches get this wrong. Players get this wrong. I, I... it's almost as bad as replay these days. Mm. It's like you, you just, I mean, listen, I know you can't satisfy everybody, but then you got Rob Manfred going to get Albert Pujols. And granted, those two guys aren't taking a roster spot. These are exemptions. This is something that was put in the CBA, apparently, that every year Rob Manfred gets to pick two guys and ruin their <laughs> mid-year vacation because they need it. And instead, they got to get punished with going to an all-star game that's likely not in their state. But, you know, we got to see Albert Pujols and Miguel Cabrera, but we keep, we don't get to see Austin Riley. We don't get to see one of the young, up-and-coming, you know, players in this league. But, you know, whatever. I don't know. It's one of those things. It's an exhibition, too. I get it. You know, so I'm not, I'm not heartbroken over it. It's just... I'm not inclined to watch it as I used to be. Yeah. No, I, I'm not. I, I may tune in to see the introductions, but that's about it. But one thing that I liked a lot that they're not doing anymore is the fan, the final vote, where you had those five, where you had five candidates and then you voted on that and the winner got in. But you know they haven't done that since 2018, and it would give guys like Dylan Seas, guys like Brandon Nimmo, it would give you that one last opportunity because Nimmo's having a solid He's a year. He's a good player. Yeah, Brandon Nimmo's a really good player. Is, did McGee get in? Uh, McNe- yeah, Jeff McNeil got McNeil in. Got in. McNeil, McNeil got McNeil in, McNeil but Brandon Nimmo, like, out, he's on the outside looking in. Tywan Walker get in? Tywan Walker did not get in. Good. Yeah, you have, you have a lot of solid players out there that, you know, aren't going to cut the mustard because you don't have that avenue. What they're going to do is they're going to they're going to wait on injuries. They're going to wait on guys like Garrett Cole, who are going to start Sunday, and they're going to name a replacement. So Garrett Cole is going to get a free trip to LA. He's going to tip his cap, get booed out of the building, and then you know Dylan Cease will probably get on the roster. So yeah. that's what guy, that's what these guys are hoping for now, like freak injuries or like starters pitching on that Sunday. So I mean, we're going to see and. And frankly, like, I'm not really that interested in the All-Star game. No. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to watch it so we can talk about it on the show. But, I mean, it used to be something that when I was a kid, I was looking forward to seeing, like, Randy Johnson face, like, some of the premier hitters. Or I was looking forward to seeing, um, you know, Jim Tomei. Uh, you know, those guys. I'm not, there's nobody I'm like, man, I can't wait to see. Well, my thing is this. It's like, and I was talking to my girl about this. It was just like, Interleague play ruined the All-Star game for me. Because growing up, I was like, I never get to see Tony Quinn. I never get to see Barry Bonds. I never get, I rarely get to see Greg Maddox. And if I do, I have to put on like TBS. So, like, and I never get to see them face Don Mattingly. I never get to see them face Wade Boggs. I never get to see right. Roger Clemens face off against Tony Quinn. You know, you, now with interleague play, you get to see these matchups. So it's one of those things that the bloom is off the rose and like it's not special also, yeah and also with mlb network and espn plus you get to see more teams and more players you can't help but smile when you see a balloon 
The simplest occasion is a party. Westchester Popstar is located in New Rochelle, New York, offers balloon styling and decor for all life's events. Birthdays, anniversaries, weddings, showers, school and corporate events, store openings, or just because. Westchester Popstars takes balloons and shapes them into works of art, creating decorative installations for your special occasions. No event is too big or too small, and their custom personalization service is top-notch. Westchester Popstars is a private studio, quickly expanding. In-person consultation is by appointment only. Send an email to westchesterpopstars at gmail.com for more information or to schedule an appointment. No need to hire an event stylist. All you need is balloons. Currently servicing Westchester, Putnam, New York City, and Connecticut. To find Westchester Popstars, search for them on Instagram, Facebook, or Google. The, well, the, the All-Star game is Tuesday, but the Home Run Derby is Wednesday, or I'm sorry, it's Monday. Pete Alonso has entered again, hoping to win the title for the third time. Should the Mets be worried about him playing in the Home Run Derby, or should they be rooting for him to win it? I mean, Pete Alonso, he's an ox, okay? He's just, he's big, he's strong. He's burly. He's not like super muscular, like a Giancarlo Stanton, like a Marty Cordova. He's not built out of granite. So he has the body, he has the swing to withstand this. So I'm fine with it. Really, I mean, it's not like David Wright, when David Wright won the, competed and won it, it, it threw off his entire game. Pete Alonso, it's what he does. So it, if I'm the Mets, I'm fine with it. Now, other teams, like, the Braves, Ronald Acuna, like, I might, you know, just because it's really not, you know, it's, it's not his thing. You know, he's yeah. a good all-around hitter, but, you know, you also don't want to risk injury. Juan Soto, also, as violently as these guys swing, like, you are definitely risking injury. But Pete Alonso has demonstrated multiple times that he is durable and built for a contest like this. So from the Mets... I'm Have fine with this. Go, go for it. Absolutely, go, go and show them what you're made of. Right, but you also know that the Mets can't win a World Series without Pete Alonso. No, they're if they if Pete Alonso was gets to hurt, get hurt or throw off his swing in this competition. Hmm? Well, Michael, is Michael Conforto still unemployed? Michael Conforto still is unemployed. <laughs> yes, he is. So I don't. His shoulder is still barking, and I think he's going to hold. He was going to hold the showcase at some point, but I think he might have re-injured that shoulder. So, you know, Conforto, who knows what's going to happen with him? But you look at the Mariners too. Rookie sensation Julio Rodriguez. You really want a rookie competing in this? You know, especially for a team that's on the cusp of being in the playoffs, and then you're gonna, you know, that's an awful risky move. Well, I think it's nice. I think it's nice that. I think it's nice Pete's going because we all get on guys for not complete competing in a dunk contest. Mm-hmm. So it's nice to see a hitter go multiple times to a home run derby. Um, you know, he's he's trying to win it for the third time. He, he but he, the thing with him is he doesn't have like a sweet swing like Griffey does. You know, we all love watching Ken Griffey compete in these things. Um, 
you know, and the other thing is they don't think there are people outside of Met fans that care about Pete Alonso. Which is fair. He's not a national star. He's getting there. He's not I there think yet. Soto is a national star. Everyone knows who Juan Soto is. I think Ronald Acuna, former, what, number two, number three prospect. Mm-hmm. I think most of the nation knows who he is. I'm not so sure people all over the United States really know who Pete Alonso is. Other than, yeah, he won the Derby twice. It's not like there people are like getting their popcorn out to see him play baseball or see him hit a baseball. Well, I mean, if they don't know, now this will that now you know exactly. This is going to be your introduction to Pete Alonso, and the thing is, is that he's actually when you look at him, former Rookie of the Year, two-time All-Star, two-time Home Run. He's got creds. He's got bona fides. You know, he's got bona fides. But you know. If you don't know, because you have either anti-New York bias or you're just not really following the game that close, or you're not watching commercials because he's in one, he's, he's, he's starting to become a national I'm not sure. Player. I'm not sure the due diligence on him. I mean, really, right? He should be the David Wright of this era. He should be, but I think it's a different personality. Derek, he you know, looks fun. David Wright wasn't fun though. He was more like, you know, in the same vein that Curtis Granderson was kind of like the face of the franchise, very buttoned up, very polished. David Wright didn't come off as fun loving, you know? Like you wouldn't confuse David Wright with Nick Swisher. Okay, that's yeah. fair. That's so, fair. But he was a different kind. I felt like he was a different kind of fun. Like, and I feel like New Yorkers really clung to David Wright. And I thought, I felt like David Wright had a national presence. I think people outside of New York knew who Jose Reyes and David Wright were. Yeah. I don't I don't think the Mets PR department is doing, or even his agent, Alonzo's agent, is doing a good job of getting this guy's name out there. I mean, he's, he's one of the guys that should be carrying this league. He's a young first baseman for New York. I mean... Who, the, the Yankees have Anthony Rizzo. He's not. He's he's a former Cub. He's not. He he's not homegrown talent. You know. But some guys aren't going to have that. You know. While he comes off as this big likable oaf, right? Like Tommy Boy. Like he's very. He's you can you can tell he's soft spoken. He thinks about what he wants to say. He's you know he doesn't. He's charismatic. But he's kind of, he feels reserved in like he's shy or he is, you know, he's con- conscious of his image. It reminds me a lot of Johnny Damon. When Johnny Damon, but, and not in like the overly goofy way that Johnny Damon's goofy, but Johnny Damon said in an interview, the reason why I speak the way I do and the, the reason why I talk like this is because I'm conscious of the stutter I have and I don't want to sound like a fool. So, Maybe Pete Alonso has something like that where he's like, you know, I understand people's perception of me and I don't want to have, I don't want to have a negative impact on that. Because if I've listened to him in interviews, I mean, he's not, he's not grunk, you know, he's not like that no, level, no, but, but he's, he's, he's got yeah, personality. Yeah, but look at Freddie Freeman. I mean, Freddie Freeman spoke soft-spoken, nice guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, fun guy. Like, mm-hmm. these are national known first baseman. 
I feel like more people know who like Dom Smith is than they do Pete Alonso, as silly as that sounds. Well, I mean, Dom Smith was a highly a higher touted prospect than Pete Alonso was, but Pete Alonso was a top ten prospect for you know a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. So the rap on Pete was his defensive ability, and Met fans are definitely conscious of it, and they understand that he is put in the work. So. They're going to rally around, Met fans rally around him and kind of insulate him from the rest of it because he is putting in the work. He is putting in the effort. He's not like a Jason Giambi type where he's a total butcher. He's passable to good at first base. So Met fans know who he is. The rest of the league will know who he is because he's putting up the numbers and he's constantly on this stage. And whether we like to say think of it or not, the home run derby is probably going to be more watched than the actual All-Star game itself. So they're going to be playing eyeballs on him and he's not going to disappoint because frankly, this is his to lose. We love youth sports. Not only do they get the kids out and active, but they promote teamwork, sportsmanship, friendship, and fair play. One of the Fade Route's favorite youth sport partners is Asning AYSO Soccer. Their mission is to develop and deliver quality, player-centered youth soccer programs that promote a fun, fair, family environment where everyone is welcome and everyone plays. If you have a child between ages 4 and 18, registration for Fall 2022, Spring 2023 season is open. To sign up or to volunteer as a coach or referee, go to AYSO201.org today. The more volunteers, the more children can enjoy the AYSO soccer experience. Go to AYSO201.org today for more information or to sign up. AYSO201.org. More soccer for more kids. Well, two guys that uh, haven't been disappointing in summer league are Mr. Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bonchero. They've been showcasing their talents the last few weeks, and they've been making their teams proud. What have you thought about what you've seen from each player so far? I mean, offensively, Chet Holmgren has been lights out. He's been doing great. Uh, my concern is he's doing it against guys who will be bagging groceries in a couple weeks. So, and the NBA Summer League doesn't give you the best of competition. So I definitely want to see how he does against top tier players. Bancaro, I mean, it was nice to see from the defensive standpoint, he had that one key block. And like, I, it whets your appetite for sure. Like same thing with Keegan Murray, same thing with Jabbar Smith. You want to see what they are and how they deliver. But from now, it just kind of reassured you and reaffirmed you that these guys are good. Like these guys are. So that's what you got. You got. Yeah. They're good. I got that they're good, but I need to see them against better competition. Okay. I mean, for me, like I think Chet Holmgren, like you said, he was lights out on the offensive, um, but his defensive game needs work. Mm -hmm. And I think the Thunder need to be smart and put him in better situations during the regular season. Um, you can't have a G League talent like Kenny Lofton Jr. bodying the shit out of you and going to the basket. 
So I and, and granted, Chet is a skinny guy, but so is Kevin Durant. And teams usually do a good job of masking what they're good at and what they're not good at. Kevin Durant would not be caught dead inside. Exactly. He's not playing below the foul line. And he's, you know, he, he knows his limits. So I think that's something Chet is going to have to figure out. Now, as far as, you know, Paolo Banchero, I mean, the Magic shut him down after two games where he averaged like 20 points per game. You know... I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I mean, it is summer league. I think, you know, I don't know. I don't know what necessarily they're worried about. But to me, and this is just me talking, he didn't look like a number one overall pick to me. Well, as the thing, like in a draft where you had no consensus number one pick, you know, Chet was- looked like a number one pick to me. His offensive flow to his game. Yes, he got bullied defensively, but he's a skinny, like, what, 19, 20-year-old? Mm-hmm. Like, you would think he's going to bulk up, get big. Also, learn his role, where Paolo, to me, just, he looked like another basketball player. And I'm curious to see how he's going to look when he gets to the big league. And he's playing against a Zion, or he's playing against a Kevin Durant. Or, you know, he's playing against a Joel Embiid. Like, these are guys that were, like, number one caliber. So where do you fit in that echelon, right? Right. Another guy, DeAndre. Like, these are bigger dudes. Like, this is, like, let's be real. To me, he's not a guard. He's a forward. No, he's a forward. He's He's a forward. forward. So so you're going to be judged about other forwards. Another Jabari Smith looks good. He what he doesn't look like a number one overall pick good, but he wasn't a number one. Right. So he doesn't have to. Like, you know, if he's relegated to sixth man in his first year, that's completely fine. But if you're number one, dude, you gotta be bringing the goods. And I don't know if this is the guy that's gonna be bringing the goods. Are you in need of air care, maintenance, or service? I have the company for you. Air Care Technicians. They service the Westchester and Northern Bronx area and can help you with all your heating and cooling maintenance and service needs. Just give them a call at 914-315-1547. Again, that's 914-315-1547. Or shoot them an email at aircaretechnicians at gmail.com. These guys are the real deal as they are veteran-owned, licensed, and insured. Make sure to tell them that DNZ sent you. The Utah Jazz are continuing their rebuild. Reports out of Utah seem to lean toward the Jazz listening to offers for their all-star guard, Donovan Mitchell. Who should get on the phone to call the Jazz about their young 25-year-old star? So if you're looking for a combo guard, right? Averaging combo two, guard. He's shooting guard, point guard. Right? Oh, okay, okay. So All right, it's fair. It's he played he's listed as a point guard, but 24 points a game, that indicates that he's a shooting guard. <laughs> you know. So if you're looking at that, 4.2 rebounds, four and a half, we'll call it five assists. Oh, it looked too good than assists. So I'll, I'll round up, right? I'll you're round so up. Well that's what I do. That's who I am. 
Now, everybody's going to link him to the Knicks because he's, you know, he grew up a Met fan. His dad works for the Mets. Connecticut, right? Yeah, Connecticut. Now, the problem with that is you just invested a shit ton of money in Jalen Brunson. Who? Exactly. <laughs> so, the guy who was, you know, kind of riding on Luca's coattails. But <sighs> it, it makes you wonder, right? Because the organization has said that R.J. Barrett's untouchable. So, okay, R.J. Barrett's untouchable. I'm moving on. Because what other assets do the Knicks have? Right? Isaiah Hartenstein? <laughs> Mitchell Robinson. They just brought back Mitchell Robinson. Do I want that? I just got rid of Rudy Gobert. No, I don't want any of this. Absolutely not. Right? The Quigley? Maybe? I, I, you know, like the, there's nothing enticing to me if I am the Utah Jazz. Now... Do I want maybe get on the phone and, you know, try and maneuver a deal maybe with San Antonio? Like maybe pry like a Josh Primo away or, you know, get, get somebody else who can kind of be that cornerstone player. Do I want to go, you know, do I want to maybe see about Charlotte? Do I want to, you know, reinvest you know, send Donovan Mitchell over there because he is making about $28 million and they have assets and contracts that could work. I can bring back a Terry Rozier or I still need to flip my contract. So maybe, you know, this is a part of the bigger teardown and maybe Gordon Hayward goes back the other way. But, you know, Gordon Hayward is has been made available. So we'll kind of see where it goes. But... I'm looking for a team that seems to be ready to go, but is like missing that it factor, that um factor. And just like last week, I was looking at Chicago, I was looking at Cleveland, I'm looking at Charlotte. These are teams that seem to be poised to take the next level and they just need a superstar presence and say what you will about Donovan Mitchell, but he provides you with that superstar presence. Yeah, I mean, he's not... Listen, I don't, I don't have any, any flashy options for him. Um, the first team I thought should give the Jazz a call are the Toronto Raptors, mm-hmm. right? It's like you, you lost Dwight Lowry, um, you lost Kawhi Leonard, you pair Mitchell with Siakam, your playoff team, you, you, your playoff team, right? Um, how about Atlanta? You know, you pair him with. With um, their young guard, and you can make some noise. Um, again, I agree with you. The Hornets. I mean, they they have a lot of assets. Um, they seem they're on the cusp. They they were in the play-in tournament. They have uh, they they have aspirations of making some noise. I think Michael Jordan could be a very good asset for Mr. Mitchell. Um, it's also Memphis, right? Yeah, he, Mem- can, he can pair with John Morant. That would be there with John Morant. Memphis can get on the call. You got your running mate, and the two of you can just take take on the league. What about so? What about a team like Milwaukee? What yeah, if- I, that, that's another one I thought about. Especially if maybe you do trade Middleton. Maybe mm-hmm. that's what you do. Maybe that's maybe that's how it happens. Because let's be real, Donovan Mitchell, like you said, he's a scorer. He ain't a shooter. He's a scorer. 
I'll take a shoot. I'll take a score over a shooter any day. Yeah. Um, Dallas. They just got rid of Jalen Brunson. <laughs> Bring in Donovan Mitchell. The problem with Dallas is that Luka needs the ball, and yes. I don't. You know, I don't know if they can coexist together. But bottom line is he's six foot tall guard that couldn't get out of the first round with Rudy Gobert. He's a compliment to a really good player. That's that's who he is, and that's not going to change. The only good thing about him is that tremendous upside, right? He's 25, 26 years old. He's got 10, 14 years left in this league. I mean, he's got plenty of time. You're absolutely right. Um, it's all about the fit. It's all about the fit. Because, again, like we were talking about last week with KD, you have to... Your assets are going to shift in the other direction in order to balance out the salary that you're taking on. So that becomes an issue, you know? And that's where, like, that's where it ends for me with the Knicks. Because you're taking from whatever it is you have in order to bring in another player. And is he going to be a good fit? Another one that I thought of, but I'm not sure how it's going to work. Philly, right? You put Mitchell in there with Harden and Embiid. I don't know about that. He has that. to be the guard. He's got to be the point guard though, right? Yeah. You have Harden, to- and Harden seems to be thinking he's going to change the way he's going to play. Um, the Knicks are out. I mean, if the Knicks, totally. if the Knicks go for this, that's just a cop out. That's just a huge mistake. That's he's not the answer. I mean, he, listen, you're not going to compete against Miami, Philly, Boston. We talked about this in the production meeting. Boston's retooled. They're ready. They robbed in. They went and got Gallinari. We're ready. Let's run this back. Well, here's an idea, and I'm just spitball. Three team trade: Lakers, Nets, Jets. Uh-huh. Westbrook, Utah. Okay. Brooklyn gets Donovan um, Mitchell. Kyrie gets his wish, and he gets to go to LA. All this, you may need to add a little bit more coming out of Utah because he's only making twenty-eight <laughs> compared to the ridiculous drunken sailor money that the other guys are getting. Listen, so, I think it's hilarious how the Nets have sent out their season ticket flyer without Kyrie Irving on it. (laughs) Meanwhile, Kyrie Irving is like ready to play this fall and Kevin Durant's the guy that wants out and he's front and center on the damn brochure. I mean, who else is it going to be? Ben Simmons with his hands What a mess. I don't believe it. What a mess the Brooklyn Nets have become. How did we get here? Well, we talked about that last week, but... It's just, uh, it's this is the saga that's going to go on all the way up until camp opens. Because the big talk is going to be is like, what are the Nets going to do? The more and more we come close to the season, the more and more it seems like Kyrie and Kevin are going to have to play together. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Because no one's taking Kyrie and uh, Kevin, no, th- there's, there's no one willing to pay that high price for him because... He is older, and he's he's shown that he, he's not going to stay in one place. He's, he's got like uh, he's got Harden syndrome. He's definitely got wanderlust, and I know recently he said he would be. Of course, he would be. He'd be more than willing to go back to Golden State. Sure, shit, I'll go to Golden State. I, I have two bad knees and I can't shoot. I'll go to Golden State. Like, come on now, are you freaking kidding me with that bullshit? 
that that's the stuff that that's the thing that makes you you considered soft. I don't know where we go from here with the Brooklyn Nets, but I can tell you where we're going with the NBA. The NBA owners voted, and the play-in tournament seems to be permanent. So how are like did they make the right decision? Did the owners make plain and simple? Boom. Did they make the right decision? Yes or no? It's just a waste of time. I mean, these teams will not make it to the championship. It just creates a situation where an unworthy team could get into the playoffs because they're having a bad week. Uh, because they're having a good because the team they're playing is having a bad week, or they just seem to be having a good week. Uh, we talked about this in the production meeting. The NBA has a problem with, you know, teams looking to get that playoff money. It's like, okay, I'm a bad team and I'm in a shit shit city or just not a major city and I need to make money. I need to make playoff money. How do I get it? Well, we'll do this one game playoff thing. So at least, you know, there's the you're going to have a chance. You know, we got one extra team that's going to get a chance here to get or two extra teams to get a chance here. They wouldn't normally make it. Now they got a chance to make it. And it's just like I don't I don't want to see that kind of basketball. I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested in the 10 seed playing the 8 seed or the 7 seed. I'm not interested in the 9 playing the 8. And especially I, I'm once this once the playoffs start, I'm not interested in a 1 playing an 8 for 7 fucking games. I don't want to see <laughs> that garbage. What is it? How it's a sweep. Maybe 3 games to 1. Or maybe you know maybe four games to one, but it's it's not it's not worth my time, and it just makes it that much harder for the best team to get to the championship, and that's not what I want. I want to see the best team get to the championship. I want to see the best team healthy. I don't want to see them drag through the snow or drag through the rain or drag through the muck playing against teams that are out of their league. It the playing tournament is a reward for media. Yeah, you're, you're you're seven, eight, nine, ten. You are just good enough to be relevant, but bad enough that nobody that you could get a top ten pick, right? You can end up being in the lottery. So you're just hovering, you're just circling around the drain. Like that's what seven through ten is, right? Because your top six. You have your one and two seed super elite teams. Three through three through five. Okay. Like on any given day they can be world beaters, but they're not the for whatever reason, they did not make it to the super elite level. Whether it's they only have a certain finite number of superstar players or injuries or late gelling, who fired a coach, whatever. Then your six team. Decent, decent, right? Like I said last week, the wolf, the T-Wolves. Eh, okay, that's fine. Could possibly win a series. That's about it. You know, can they knock off the three? Sure, but that's about it. See, I, I like the Timberwolves. I think they got a chance this year. I think they can make some noise. The next two or three years, listen, they're going for it, right? It's like if they've got a five-year window. They yeah. give up the... They gave up their next five first round picks. They got a five year window and I feel like they're like, okay, we got to get to a championship within at least two championships in five years. And we got to win one. They did. That's 
considered a victory. That's like the Toronto Raptors. They need the Toronto Raptor this thing. Mm -hmm. Well, they they did what certain teams seemed unwilling to do, which was take a take a risk to get to the next level. So small market, trade your draft picks for studs. Right now, and if it doesn't work, Rudy Gobert still a great defensive player. Somebody will pay for him. Carl Anthony Towns, someone will certainly pay for him, or he'll walk in free agency. D'Angelo Russell, maybe a year Trade or two. Yeah, he's gone. He's an asset. He's, he's true. A, he's a piece. He can play but basketball. He plays. He plays good. Ball. He's solid, but you know he's definitely getting into that Wiggins territory of moving around the league a lot. Yeah. And then you get into Anthony Edwards. You you know you hope he's a stud, but you he's so far. You're banking on him being an MVP. So far, that's what they're banking. He's proven on. it. He's proving it. I I consider Minnesota going to be at the six. So seven through ten in the West. You're looking at a team like Portland. You're looking at a team, you know, that is was once a contender, but fell off considerably. And now Dame Lillard is just hanging on, and they're holding on to past glory. This it all it does is reward the teams that are just hanging around. And do you really want to watch? Do you really want to watch a tournament of teams that are just hanging around who are just Guys that are just happy to be there, you know, you're going to keep getting the Charlotte Hornets every year. You're going to keep getting the Washington Wizards every year. Maybe the Orlando Magic will bubble up. You really want to see them in the playoffs? Mo no. Bamba. Mo Bamba. <laughs> Both Wagners, not just Mo. Franz is there too. They corner the market on Mo's. That's all you need to know about the Orlando Magic. Do you really think, is that going to be exciting for you? I mean, clearly as a product, Clearly, as a TV show, the NBA knows they have your money. So they're going to work with this. They needed they need a perennial team. They need an actual like marquee team in there every year. Like when the Lakers were in there in the inaugural year, like that was good. Like Golden they need Golden State. Exactly. They're going to need one of these teams kind of bubble down into that. But then that also that also gives teams that have good players, right, like the Nets, the ability to be like, you know what, we could take this week off, we could take next week off, we could take tonight off, because at the end of the day, we just got to finish better than ten. If we finish better than ten, we get it. We're going to be in the play-in game, and we can get into the playoffs. And that's not that you don't want that mentality. Like you're making it easier for teams to get into the playoffs. That's basically what this is about, and it's just not the right way to go about this. No, it's definitely not the right way to go about this. But at the end of the day, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about legacies? Or are we talking about you know improving salary? Are we improving? You know, what are we talking about here? Because they're doing it to increase revenue. They're trying to open up revenue streams for teams that are either having a down year or don't normally make the playoffs. Here's a radical idea. Get better. Yeah. Get better. Play better. Just do better. Just do better. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto, we really care about what's under your hood.
Time for the mail route on the fade route. If you want to get featured, hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs at Fade Route Podcast on IG or drop us a line on our Twitter page at Fade Route DNZ. All right, boys and girls, our email box is full. And if you want your email featured on the Fade Route with DNZ, hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com, or slide in those DMs on IG at Fade Route Podcast, or DM us on Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. First email comes from Dan in St. Louis. Whit Merrifield of the Royals has set after his consecutive game streak at, of 5.53 was broken. Okay, not really great with the grammar there, but um, I, I think I can translate. So, Whit Merrifield had a, the longest consecutive game streak at 5.53, and it is no longer. Is anyone ever going to catch Cal Ripken? Yeah, well, nobody's ever going to catch Cal Ripken consecutive game streak. Nobody's going to hit in more than 56 straight games like Joe DiMaggio did. Those days are over. Um, it's sad to see – It's I'm sad to see Whit Merrifield's record come to an end. I mean, he was uh, – it's pretty impressive, 553 games. Um, but, you know, this we're in a new era of baseball, and playing every day is not important. No, the Ironman is a thing of the past. I firmly agree with you on that. I believe Matt Olson now is the holder of the longest current streak, about 239 games. So, good job. Nice going, Matt. But, yeah, Ironman is not valued anymore. Starting pitching isn't valued anymore. 20-game winners, we're not going to see a 20-game winner. We're not going to see a 300-game winner. We're not going to see anybody break Joe DiMaggio's hit streak. You're right about that. We're not going to see anybody catch Pete Rose. These are records that will last a lifetime because front offices, analytics, and organizations have made the decision that these things aren't as important. And frankly, these things are the backbone of baseball forever. You had the home run record. Everybody knew the home run record. You know, Lou Gehrig, then Cal Ripken, everybody knew that record. Baseball is more about numbers and records than any other sport. And to kind of cast that aside in order to kind of try and grasp a new market, it's very short-sighted. But... Baseball is the king of doing the short-sighted thing as of late. And we're going to get to that in our Legend Superstar of the Week. But Major League Baseball is there again. But, you know, Whit Merrifield, at some point, you know, he is going to... He's going to have to kind of play for himself a little bit. Playing for the team is great. He's going to eventually... He's in a small market... He's probably going to, 
he's probably going to end up elsewhere like Andrew Benintendi is. Like, that's just the nature of the beast. But it, it's a nice footnote, but he, you know, he wasn't even close to where he needed to be and for it to be noted. Email number two comes from Jeremy in Costa Mesa, California. Tony Gonsolin has been selected as the starter for the National League, but shouldn't it really be Sandy Alcantara? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, I I think he, Gonsolin has to start this game, right? The game's being played in L.A. Um, I actually want to see him pitch against the best AL has to offer because the amount of innings he has pitched compared to the other National League starting pitchers that are in the All-Star game this year is low. Um, he only averages around five or six innings, but his ERA is ridiculously low. Um, and Tony Gosselin's never going to get this opportunity again, but Alcantara will be back. And I like we spoke about the production meeting. Alcantara will likely win the Scion. It seems pretty, it, it seems like a fait accompli that Sandy Alcantara is going to win the Scion. But you know what? If you're looking for the right place, right time situation, Tony Gonsolin should be the starter. Is he the sexy name? Absolutely not. But a letter to know, 1.62, 0.8 whip. 80 strikeouts and 88 and two thirds in. Boss. The numbers do not lie. The numbers do not lie. They back up his case. And the fact that it is in LA only further bolsters his case. This is not a slant. This is not a slight at Sandy Alcantara. 9-3, 173, 130 innings pitched. That is that's something you need to be a little concerned about because the Marlins are kind of on the periphery of the second wild card. They're, you know, they're kind of laying in the weeds, kind of seeing, you know, what's gonna happen. Your, your ace has already thrown 130 innings and we're not even through July yet. That's a problem. I understand that he's 6'5". I understand he's 2 He's a big kid. But he's is he used to throwing this much? I mean, maybe over the course of a season, you know? The most he ever pitched last year, right? 205 and 2 thirds. Over an entire season. So he's almost there, but he's 70 innings away. That's 10 more starts if he goes seven innings a start. Like that's, and that's workhorse level, but we'll see if he'll be able to withstand it. Because if you look at it last year, yeah, he threw 205 innings. He was 9-15. and 15. That's all I need to say. But kudos to both of them. Gonsolin and Alcantara, but I have to give the nod to Gonsolin just from location, location, location. Email number three comes from Jarvis in New Orleans. It can't be. No, it can't be, can it? Odell Beckham Jr. has not yet signed with a team. Where do you see him landing? Julio hasn't signed with a team either. Um, but nobody wants to talk about him. Kansas City could be a good spot for him. Um, they're expecting big things from Juju. Uh, Baltimore 
right? They lost Hollywood Brown. I think Bateman is their guy this year. Oh, if they don't pick up Julio. Uh, how about the Dolphins? If uh, Waddle or Hill go down, I mean, they're going to go, they're going to need a guy. So I, those are my top guys. Those are my two top teams I would think about. Well, here's one. How about the Cleveland Browns? <laughs> Baker's not there anymore. So the relationship may be repaired because Baker's not there. The Green Bay Packers, you're telling me that that group of scrubs that they have in the wide receiver room wouldn't it be better with Odell? I can't stand Odell Beckham Jr. I'm on record. You guys know this. You've been listening for 100 episodes. I don't like Odell Beckham Jr., but he's one talented, tough son of a bitch. He instantly becomes the number one threat. And guess who's throwing him the ball? Aaron freaking Rodgers. Like, that's pretty damn good. And then I agree with you on Baltimore. Baltimore's needed over wide upper years. So why am I going to think that they didn't get Julio? They didn't trade for Julio. They're not going to sign Julio. What makes me think that they're going to get him? What, what behavior, what is going to make me go that way? It's not. It's just, I'm not thinking that way anymore. So, you know, if you really want splashy, you know, Dallas, Dallas, they, they'll, they'll go star hunting. That's what they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely happen. Dallas could absolutely happen. The Eagles, you're telling me they couldn't use a veteran well, wideout? They just got A.J. Brown. They can use another one. They have two, <laughs> well, they, they, have, they also have two different skill sets. Odell goes over the middle. Odell will go over the hill, fight for the yards. A.J. Brown is going to want to go downfield. Yeah. So that is something that, you know, there are plenty of places where Odell Beckham, uh, why not a reunion with the Rams? You know, Robert Woods is gone. Yeah. So I see that. It, he's plenty of places, and it's possible that you know he can hold out a little bit longer just to see like what happens in camp because you never know when there's an injury. You know, Julio and Odell are going to be on the they're going to be on the block for a little bit, and we're going to see, but. The best one, I think, is going to be Green Bay. Do you love brownies? Of course you love brownies. But you know what's better than a brownie? A delicious, handcrafted, gourmet brownie delivered right to your doorstep. That's what our guys at Sweet Life Brownie Co. offer. Chef Tommy D and the crew offer a dozen delicious delights that you will crave from the classic OB to Dutch Apple to Campfire S'mores and many more. Check out their website, sweetlifebrownieco.com for their Friday brownie drops. At noon, their site goes live and you see what they're making. Since you're there, become a site member and earn points. You earn 50 points just by signing up. Make sure you follow on Instagram and Facebook too at sweetlifebrownie underscore co for the latest updates and their latest releases and creations. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com. Give them a call, 845-641-3043, and tell them D&Z sent you. That's sweetlifebrownieco.com, 845-641-3043. Sweet Life Brownie Co., because there's always room for a brownie. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. 
right, boys and girls. You know what time it is. It's time for the Legend Superstar of the Week. Here's how it goes. We put up a poll on our Twitter page at FadeRoutDNZ. And you vote, and you vote, and you vote, and you vote. The winner gets the coveted ass trophy and his name or her name announced on this very show. And do you know who won the ass last week? I don't. It is Major League Baseball slash Rob Manfred. That guy. You schmuck. <laughs> Rob Manfred. You. My man. We should probably just name the award after you. But that was last week. This is this week. Who are your nominees, Steve? All right. First up, for my alleged superstar of the week, I've got Mr. Le'Veon Bell. Foregoing playing in the NFL this year to focus on becoming a boxer and his upcoming fight with fellow running back Adrian Peterson. Just can't make this shit up. Le'Veon Bell, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Number two. Former Patriots first-round pick Nikhil Harry traded to the Bears for a seventh-round pick. Ouch. You're talking about alleged superstar of the week. You were an alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, the Pittsburgh Steelers. After 20 years, Heinz Field will now be called Ekrisher Stadium. (laughs) The insurance company purchased the naming rights for the next 15 years. Pittsburgh Steelers, you are my alleged superstar of the week. What do you got, Zeke? All good choices. All good choices. I'm going to go with the Kansas City Royals as a team. You're going into a series with Toronto Blue Jays. You're missing 10 people because they're not vaccinated. What are you doing? What are you doing? Get your freaking clubhouse under control. You've lost a third of your team because they are not vaccinated. I I cannot stress this enough. What are you doing, Kansas City? Kansas City, you are my alleged superstar of the week. Vince McMahon, how many more NDAs are going to come out this week? No chance in hell you're going to keep the WWE. We don't go to WWE very often. We make, we make references, but we don't go there. But... Mr. McMahon, you are in deep, deep shit. Mr. McMahon, Vince McMahon, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, the Toronto Blue Jays, Ken and Charlie Montoyo, you guys are are a disappointing team, but you're still above 500. You're still in wild card contention. You can talk about, you know, locker room leadership all you want, questions about that all you want. But frankly, He's winning. Toronto Blue Jays, you are my alleged superstar of the week. I think we've said our piece. Go to the Twitter page and vote and vote and vote and for our nominees. Just do better, boys. podcast has its own merch line now go to the fade store with dnz.com today for all your fade route merch needs i'm talking tank tops t-shirts sweatshirts like yoga pants we got those too like some cool accessories we got those too and we're not done yet we have so much more planned for you but check out what we have today at the fade store with dnz.com that's the fade store with dnz.com
Order up. It is time, ladies and gentlemen, for us to order up. Order up, order up. And, like every year, we are going to start our NFL preview right here, right now, with a division by division. Order up. We're going to start with the division of the reigning Super Bowl champs, the LA Rams. We're going to start with the NFC West. Here we go. From four to one, who you got, Dave? Hmm, NFC West. One of the most competitive divisions, right? You would say? Mm-hmm. I would say so. Except for the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean it's pretty cut and dry. They're finishing last. They don't they don't have a quarterback. Uh they don't have much of anything. Pete Carroll will be lucky if he gets out of the first five or six games. So I'm going to have the Seahawks down at four. Number three, I'm going to have the Arizona Cardinals. Um, you know, I just don't believe in Kyler Murray. I think he's a small guy. I think he's very fragile. They went and got Hollywood Brown. I, you know, I, I, they lost Chase Edmonds. I don't really believe in Cliff Kingsbury. So I'm going to list them at number three. My number two might surprise you. I'm going to go with the Rams at number two. Wow. Uh, the Rams at number two. I think Stafford, he was, you know, at times last year, he showed us who he was. Now he's got a ring. He's going to really show us who he, who he is. Um, you know, I think the loss of Odell will hurt them. Um, I, Cooper Cup will have a good season. I think all those things go the same. But, you know, I think... They're not they're not a team that can repeat. I think they're one they won and I think that's it for them. And my number one team, I think it's gonna be the 49ers. I believe in Trey Lance. I just I I have a good feeling about him. Um I think their Debo Samuel's back. Um they I think they're going to surprise some people. What do you got, Z? Wow. I am still kind of uh Still kind of taken aback by the Rams in second. So I just need to compose myself a little bit. But I think we are in agreement that the Seattle Seahawks are not going to be any good this not. year. <laughs> not going to be any good this year. No offense. Bet the Chris, under, everyone. Bet, bet the under. No offense to Chris Carson. You're trying. Like Chris Carson, I get that. But when you look at a quarterback room, can I interest you in any of these three? Actually, you've been on you, – you've liked him from the get-go. Drew Locke. I do love. That's my guy. You I love, love Drew Locke. You love you some Drew Locke. Drew Locke, DK Metcalf, no offense. That's not bad. It's the rest of the team. It's like, eh, eh. But then you have Geno Smith and Jacob Eason. So if Drew Locke has those bad Drew Locke games, <laughs> you're going to Geno Smith as your – yeah, no. Geno, baby. So – Seattle, sorry, you guys are in fourth place. Number three, I am going to go with the San Francisco 49ers. And the reason why is because of the quarterback situation. They're trying to make Fetch happen. right? They're trying to make Trey Lance happen. I don't know if Trey Lance is ready yet. We're going to find out if Trey Lance is ready because guess what? Jimmy G is once again hurt. And then you have Nate Sudfeld and Brock Purdy as your other quarterbacks. So that's all you need to know. Debo, Brandon Ayuk, 
Kittle, Husechek, like they have guys, but it's going to boil down to it's going to boil down to quarterback play. If Trey Lance can deliver the goods, then they very well could win the division, like D said. But I'm not sure. So with that question mark, they're at three for me. Number two, I gotta go with the Cardinals. I think that the Cardinals, they did enough to stick with the Rams. And I, I'm with you on Kyler Murray. I just, I think he's a baseball player playing quarterback. Like, I just don't think that, you know, he's that great. But this team is good enough to make up for what he does not bring to the table, right? You have James Conner. You're going to have D-Hop. You're going to have Marquise Brown. You're going to have A.J. Green, Zach Ertz. Tight end is going to be very big for this team. And then that offensive line, it looks a little suspect, right? Especially on the right side. Kelvin Beecham is solid, but the Cardinals went and got Will Hernandez in free agency. Like, as a Giant fan, thank you. You did us a favor because Will Hernandez stinks. All right? Defensively, what are you getting from J.J. Watt? Is J.J. I'm surprised he did not get hurt. That sounds about right. J.J. Watt will be great for about six games, and then he'll hurt himself playing tag. Uh, You just can't count on him. I'm sorry. And there was a picture of him at his brother's wedding. I'm surprised he he didn't get injured getting into the tux. (laughs) Number one, by default, the reigning, defending, Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams. I got served a big-ass plate of crow last year, and I'm here to eat it right now in front of you. Matthew Stafford, you proved me wrong. There, I said. Now, can you do it again? Let's see. A full season of Cam Akers? That should definitely help. Cooper Cup, you brought in Allen Robinson. That guy. That's an interesting move. Maybe you go and get an Odell Beckham Jr. Maybe you bring him. Maybe you bring in Julio Jones. Because Van Jefferson is your number three. Solid. Solid. That line is pretty much together except for Whitworth. The defense is the defense. Like, as long as 99 is lining up for you, you're going to have a good shot. You have Jalen Ramsey. You have Rapp. You have Hill. Bobby Wagner just came here. So they're loaded and they're ready for another go. And clearly, you know, Sneed is still in the, the, the fuck them picks. Like, clearly fuck them picks works. For certain groups. And for the Rams, fuck them picks. This has been the Fade Wrap with DNZ. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You can catch our podcast on Wednesday nights on Anchor, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you listen to your podcast. Till next time, stay faded, everyone. Time for us to run the go around. So see you next week. And thank you for the 100 episodes. And here's to 100 more. want to get on the action we want to hear from you hit us up fade route mail at gmail.com slide in our dms on ig at fade route podcast drop us a dm on twitter at fade route dnz comment on our youtube channel the fade route with dnz questions comments picks segment suggestions you name it we want to hear from you get at us in crowd 
Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.